New York City Arts Radio. Here's the thing. Think heavy and bold. Well, fuck. I mean, we're in New York. Everybody works. Like every I'm an artist and I'm a New Yorker. Uh, within every generation, bring something else. Yeah, that, that's the talent so intense. run by artists. Every artistic resource one can see what else we can do with Experience it. Experience the possibilities of life through art. Thank you for listening to New York City Arts Radio. Mentors are hard to come by. One who takes you in, spends time with you, and teaches you something that may one day become useful. Recently, I attended a brilliant show called Fabulous You at Tiger Strikes Asteroid Gallery in Brooklyn. The concept of the exhibition was for the gallery artists to select work from their mentor or peer and to exhibit it next to their own. The show reminded me of all I have learned from my mentors and precocious contemporaries over the duration of my own career. We alone have the power to choose our own mentors and bosses as a surrogate for the examples we want to follow and one day pass on to other eager rookies. This episode is dedicated to those who intend to incite curiosity and cognitive knowledge in others, especially in this unstable chaos of fact versus fiction and post-truth. Today, I would like to celebrate one of my friends in particular, Rene Ricard. At one time, he was my boss, and during that year, he became a mentor to me, a commanding influence by imparting his taste, unsurpassed wisdom, and opinion of all things. From a life fully lived, he was mercurial, sharp-witted, and sharp-tongued, truly informed. He read and read, and to absorb concise facts on all historical periods, he read museum catalogs, from cover to cover, which is an act I now practice and promote. He was an underground Warhol movie star, art critic, painter, and poet. He is credited with launching the career of Basquiat, for whom in 1981 his essay, The Radiant Child, was published in art form. He had no room for BS, but he was generous, and above all, with information. He taught me his first-person history of New York and more. Rene enlightened me on the finer details of general world history, mostly through art, including social etiquette and the ways of life over greasy steak and cheese sandwiches he liked to share before starting the day's work at his Midtown studio. He brought me along to parties of New York City painting gods and goddesses I had admired since my own teenage move from New England to New York City, like Renee's own. My friend Rita Barros, whom Renee lived with and is spoken about later in this show, had arranged visiting me in Granada, Spain, where I was living between 2011 and 2012, Rita, Antonio, Rosario, and Rene made the trip from Lisbon. Rene was unforgettably excited to interact with the art, trompe l'oeil, architecture, food, and everything in between. He made an arresting performance for the begging gypsies in front of the cathedral, where Queen Isabel and King Ferdinand are set in their tombs. If I recall correctly, as my memory will never be what his was, Rene was wearing his recently purchased heeled flamenco dancing shoes. Back in 2013, after years of dinners and delicious conversations at Rita's apartment in the Chelsea, we agreed to record one of our conversations in his Chelsea hotel studio. Rene passed away less than a year later. At the time of the conversation, and unfortunately still today, there was severe discontent in the hotel. Artists who had been living there for over 40 years were being appallingly harassed by what can only be considered slumlords, trying to drive out the tenants with whatever means possible to free up space in the historic 222 West 23rd Street building. The plan of the new owners was to convert it into a luxury hotel. However, some still have the New York fighting spirit. I learned a great number of things from Renee, chiefly to have a fucking opinion and express it with all that you have while being prepared to back it up with authority, facts, 
and experience. Just listen and absorb. Okay, um, my name is Renee Ricard, and uh, may I move this? Where's the camera? No camera. There's no camera. Oh, it's just, just radio. Audio. Okay, I'm Renee Ricard. This is my studio on the ninth floor of the Chelsea Hotel. I'm in the middle of doing a painting. My paintings are distinctive because basically I'm a poet and I write them on canvases. I have someone coming in a little while uh, to look at a painting, so I have to do it. Uh, the words on it are, it's a uh, cadmium red medium canvas, and on it is written, love, I did the homework but flunked the exam. I just put the charcoal now, I'm going over it with the oil paint, and then I'm doing some acrylic on some of the other letters. That's how I work. But, uh, what would you like to know? Well, you just brought me in here the other day, and I would love to hear you read the other ones, if, if you wouldn't mind. I'd stayed with a friend at her hotel on the island of Nevis, and it was extremely beautiful there. Nevis is an extinct volcano. You're right on its flanks, and you look over at Montserrat, which is an active volcano, which tragically erupted uh, 12 years ago. Uh, between the two is the island of Redondo, and on a clear day, you can sit on Nevis and look at Redondo, and behind it, you can see the island of Montserrat. So um, I wrote, just wrote three paintings for my friend Helen Marden. Wife of artist Bryce Marden. Who's my hostess there. And here they go. Redondo for Helen. When I write the book, Volcanoes of the Caribbean, I shall write from my perch on Redondo. I shall write on a large leaf with the turquoise quill from the wing of the purple carib hummingbird dipped in lava. Okay, that's one. And, and uh, Nevis. Just before dawn, the big rain clouds over Montserrat. I saw it. At the top cloud's edge, dawn's pink hands. Then the sun itself burning gold through the rain on the horizon. It was very beautiful at dawn, the uh, sunrise. It, you, I suddenly saw what Homer saw in the Aegean. Now I have some messages coming in, text messages. Uh, let me put this aside for now. Okay, and here's the third one. Uh, my friend Helen, we went to Puerto Rico to see this hotel because it had these extravagant gardens. The place was so pretentious that Helen texted me from her room to my room. Uh, it's like prison. And so I texted back, no, Helen, I've been to jail. It's not like this. But I wrote her this poem, Helen in jail. The surf pounding, pounding. The heliconia, hellish, hellish. The coquille screaming, coquille, coquille. Yes, Helen, a prison. But you will survive this, I guarantee. So those are my three little poems for Helen. What is it like living with the new management at the Chelsea Hotel? Well, I just read a poem called Helen in Jail. We could change the title to Renee in Jail because this is really hell. At the moment, we have no gas for cooking. We have uh, intermittent hot water. Uh, weirdly, it'll take... A, 
10 minutes to get a little hot water, then it stays hot for about 20 seconds. When the law says it has to take three minutes and last 10 seconds, by the way, because we just had an inspector and I found that out. There's always something wrong. They're doing everything to make our lives hell. The dust is so thick when they're working here that uh, we have to vacuum twice a day. Uh, we're all coming down with lung problems, and this is not associated with um, asbestos or gypsum or anything. This is just plain dust. And uh, the landlords think that they can best us, uh, and they're doing, they bring us to, to court all the time. For instance, my, my last two rent checks have not been cashed yet. They're just hoping to hold long enough for them to bounce. Um, they uh, have brought people to court for non-payment of, what one, in one case, five months' rent. And Rick had the checks that he paid with. It's harassment. And yet everybody here really wants to just lay back. Nobody really wants to actively sue them. And whereas they have masses of lawyers on constant retainer to do nothing but harass us. Uh, I was just in court for, I, uh, I was one day late with the rent check and I was evicted I illegally. But I just, you know, when, if that happens again, I don't know what I'm going to do. But it makes it, the woman I live with uh, is uh, very discouraged by this. Is your studio some sort of escape in a way, or making work, is that an escape of what's occurring in the hotel? Or is it making it harder to be here? Um, all of the above, but as a poet, I get to attack it, as you would say, head on, and just deal with it. That's, you know, and, and, uh, I'm working, and that's really all that I care about, is that I am working. Um, Rita Barros, who, you know, is tormented by all of this, I don't think has ever produced as much work in her life uh, because this has really stimulated her. So although she has nightmares and screams at night, and I'm the one who hears it, uh, she gets up in the morning and produces these spectacular uh, works. Uh, her, her big show going on right now in Lisbon, this gigantic show, is all based on the bricks. Uh, here at the, uh, that they ripped out of the gardens they destroyed on the roof. All the gardens last summer, uh, last fall rather, were ripped out. The gardens people had spent years and thousands and thousands of dollars working on, just ripped out for the pleasure of it, right. just to be mean. That is part of your home too, upstairs on the roof, well, the sanctuary of the garden. Well, last year, two lesbian mockingbirds made a nest, laid two eggs that, of course, because they were lesbians, didn't hatch. But it was so nice to have them buzzing us all the time. Ow! What did I do? <laughs> They're so crazy. But, and so they ripped out the gardens. I don't think we'll get the mockingbirds that have been coming back for the latest count, seven years. For seven years, we've had the same pair of mocking birds, and you know they they produce such beautiful song. It's sad. 
you know, it's not a question that, that things change. And as you get older, oh, the past was always nicer. I mean, anyone can see the past is nicer when the present means wading through ankle-deep piles of detritus. Renee lived life and wrote poetry with passion and intensity. An artist print of his painting in my dining room that reads, then love takes us to faraway places, smiles back at me every day here in Barcelona. He was always right. There are many lessons in all of this. Life is for you to find, experience, and defend. We have the capacity to know what we deserve and often have to fight for that with our voices, with art. I would like to thank my two friends whom, with me, complete our team of three kings, Rita Barros and Sharzad Kamel, and of course, the queen, Rene Ricard. Thank you for listening to New York City Arts Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes. You can stream this and other episodes for free on our website, nycartsradio.com. There, you can also submit your email or follow us on Facebook and Twitter or mostly anywhere else. This episode of New York City Arts Radio is made by sound designer John Wiggins, who always gets the original score on the spot and makes the whole show balance, Tim Brain, whose production notes are critical in making this show have a storyline that one can follow, and me, Alison Malinsky-Villalta, producer and editor. And thank you to Norman Villalta for your patience and Biblioteca Agustí Centes for your recording spaces.